What's up and welcome to the DualSense Podcast. This is episode 133. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jason, and I'm joined as always by your other co-host, whose name this evening is Joel Rails Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, man, does he ever. I can't wait for you guys to see that part of the show. Uh-huh. And then uh, his daughter? Also... Huh? Is that his daughter? No, that's the that's that's, that's the girl he's taking care of, though. Yeah, he rails show, her, right? Yeah. That happens. Yeah, totally. That's a that, there's there's definitely a porno where somebody did that, by the way. But uh, I, don't, I, I thought that meme that John sent us the other day was that's what it was. No, that's two different characters <laughs> from the second game. Uh, that's hilarious. What was that's it? Hilarious. What is that actually huh? of? That was from the uh, the Last of Us Part Two. Oh, that actually he, happened. Huh? So he rails Ellie in Part Two. No, that's not fucking god. That's not that's not Joel or Ellie in the in that Who, picture. This John in part two. What the fuck is that? Well, I'm not gonna say that's a spoiler alert. God so I'm not gonna it. say that. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, he goes by. This is already great. He goes by Travis. <laughs> Travis. Besides Joel railing Ellie, what else is good? <laughs> Probably that. <laughs> yeah. um, we were at this uh, Greek Greek restaurant tonight for dinner and. This woman came in. She's wearing a, a shirt that has the old Batman logo on it from the 60s, but instead of uh, Batman in the middle, it has Batboy in the middle. Oh. You remember Batboy from the um, like National Enquirer magazines? No, like, I don't. It was like a baby with pointed ears. They said Batboy. It was like some bullshit they made up in the 90s. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, she's Bat- coming Bat- in. Batboy shit. Yes, and she's coming. She has that shirt on, and um, she, her big old sloppers are just hanging out like, <laughs> they're not even in a bra and it's just like full board nipples and she's yeah. carrying she brought in her trash with her into the restaurant which is always an odd choice what yeah and she threw away what was in her left hand but in her right hand was a clear bottle full of what could only be Come. described as pea colored oh my liquid. god she went into the girl's restroom and came out without the bottle oh my god so you tell me what happened in there i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what what a time. Why does this stuff always happen to you? I don't know, but I I stared at her like the whole time. I did not when she came back from the bathroom, I was staring at her like, I know what you did. I saw you. <laughs> I know what you did last night or last so, summer. Sorry. Yeah, anyway, who knows? It was probably she probably peed herself and Yeah. That stuff always happens to you, and by extension it happens to me when I'm with you. So. It's a gift. It's a gift. We've seen yeah. some amazing stuff together and it's one yeah. of the highlights of our friendship. It is. I feel like it, I feel like eight times out of ten that we're together, we mm-hmm. find we see or experience something completely outrageous yeah, that like should not happen. Wednesday was pretty normal for us. Nothing really happened. No, it was uh, yeah, yeah, painfully normal. In fact, <laughs> uh, I, I, before we move on from Joel Rell's Ellie, I do want to point out the fact that uh, today, <laughs> today on Twitter, Kurt Margino, I think is how you say his name. He works at Naughty Dog. He revealed a nice little fun fact about The Last of Us that I think you'll appreciate. I think everyone will. So Kurt revealed that when they were making The Last of Us, that Joel's name originally was going to be Ethan. But the problem was that they had just come, they were making Uncharted 3 at the time, of course. And Ethan sounded too much like Nathan, as in Nathan Drake. So they they switched to Joel because he was the other Cohen brother that they had named him. Him after so they they named they named the character after yeah they named the character after Ethan Cohen that that didn't sound right so they named him after the other Cohen brother which is hilarious yeah yeah that's that's awesome 
Um, well, I, I before we get into the news here, I wanted to let everyone know that I ordered a new headset for PS5. I got the SteelSeries Nova 7P Wireless, which apparently are fairly high-end, and I have not got to use them yet. They came today, got them out of the box, and they feel very premium. I feel very rich holding them in my hands mm-hmm. because they are literally steel, like metal, um, on the ear cups and on the the headband or whatever. It's very premium. I feel yeah. I feel very nice having it. So I, I hope that they sound good. Apparently they do. So I'll find out later tonight, hopefully. Better. Yeah, I better. So anyway, Travis, uh, we are a PlayStation podcast, and you and I get together each and every week to discuss all of the news, rumors, new game releases, and much more in the world of PlayStation. We do it all in under 90 minutes, and we post new shows every Monday on all of the usual podcast services around the globe, as well as YouTube, where we also share gameplay videos on occasion. I've shared some oddballers over the, over uh, last weekend, which is a new multiplayer party dodgeball game from Ubisoft. So it's uh, we do that too, in addition to podcasts. And you can also find us on social media. Our primary feed is Twitter, where we go by at the DualSense pod. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our blog, which is the DualSensePodcast.wordpress.com. You can get the shows there each week, our bios, show notes, pictures, all that good stuff. So please find us and reach out to us like more and more of you are doing. So hopefully my call to my call to arms each week is is doing doing well, it seems. So anyway, without any further ado, let's jump into a pretty busy week of news here, Travis, believe it or not. Number one, Bloomberg reported this week that Sony has slashed its PlayStation VR 2 launch sales forecast in half from 2 million to 1 million units due to disappointing pre-order numbers. According to their sources, Sony has told a component supply partner to expect reduced display panel orders for the headset, as the company now expects to only ship 1.5 million total headsets between April of this year and March of 2024. Despite estimates that shipments of VR and augmented reality headsets will grow 32% to 12.8 million units this year, Sony continues to struggle to get a foothold in the market, as the Japanese giant is not even in the top five of VR providers at this point. In fact, the original PlayStation VR did not even reach a 1% market share since its launch in 2016. Meanwhile, Meta's lineup of Quest VR headsets currently dominates the market with an 85% market share. It's incredible. Sony's issues are due in large part to the high price tag of PlayStation VR 2, sitting at $550 in the U.S. and even higher in other markets across the globe. Combine that with with the public perception, right or wrong, that the launch lineup is weak and you have a recipe for lackluster sales. However, this is a big however, Travis, Sony denied Bloomberg's report to website gamesindustry.biz, telling them that they have, quote, not cut PlayStation VR 2 production numbers and that they were, quote, seeing enthusiasm from PlayStation fans for the upcoming launch, which includes more than 30 titles, such as Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Call of the Mountain, and Resident Evil Village, end quote. Okay, so what do you make of all this? The most surprising thing out of that entire news nugget is that the the, the VR, the first PSVR, didn't reach mm-hmm. 1% of the market share. That's fucking incredible to me. I know. You'd think... It would accidentally get two or three or five or something. Um, yeah, yeah. But see, like the biggest hangup, I think, is the obvious hangup is the price tag. It, it costs as much as the freaking console did. 
as the five did. So like, mm-hmm. that's hard for a lot of people, especially when it just ties into the you know the perception of everything. You know, the perception is that the, the you know the perception is that the Quest VR headset is the best. So it's like, why mm-hmm. why would I not get that? Is kind of the thing. People that I work with, when they talk about VR, they're playing Oculus or whatever. Like so, yeah, that's kind of part of it. Um, it, you know, it makes me wonder if if PlayStation would have gave it a different name, like if it would have marketed better, because you know it's the PlayStation Four, the PlayStation Five, PlayStation VR. Like it would just to me, it's almost like it's it it's really its own thing. But when you mm-hmm. call it a PlayStation VR, it makes it feel like an accessory. So then I'm like, am I going to spend the same amount of money on a, on an accessory as I do on the console? Like, that's kind of wild. Mm. For people who are console players, it's, it's like it's a big pill to swallow. And the, yeah, like you said, the, there's, a lot of this is perception, right? The perception is that they don't have the best VR headset on the market. The perception is that it's, it's seen as more of a accessory. And the other perception is that the launch lineup sucks. And... Yeah, maybe we need a a launch title that sells the system, and I think either of those last three you named, Gran Turismo, Resident mm-hmm. Evil, or or Call the Call the Mountain, could be a console seller. They those are what, in in a sense, they should be. But yeah, I, I, and I, we've talked before, like you know, you've already pre-ordered it. I haven't. I think like a lot of people are waiting, like me, to see, is it worth it. You know, we want to see what our friends think of it. We want to see some reviews, et cetera, right? right? You know what I mean? Maybe play a demo or two, to, you know, to get an idea. I think that's where a lot of us stand. Um, a lot of people were out on the on the first VR anyway, just because I felt like it wasn't going to be great anyway. And I felt like they needed to make one to kind of get it out of the system and, and work out the kinks. Like I, I viewed mm-hmm. the PlayStation VR as like a beta headset and the VR2 is the actual headset is kind of how i look at it again this is all perception stuff that i'm taking off the top but yeah i mean i really i really think it's about price point it's about perception that's really it it's funny that you know when we talk about the psvr2 launch lineup there's lots of games on it that we can find that are interesting Mm. i'd say there's probably 10 games that i find interesting total yeah but most people aren't going to look at that and they're going to look at uh of course you know i'm bad with names but the FPS um, that has a cool name that I already forgot. Oh, um, like Pavlov, that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll look at that and be like, man, that looks like it'd be awesome to play together mm-hmm. and to play on the VR. And then there's a lot of people that are like, I could just play Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I just, yeah, like you said, the perception's the thing. Mm-hmm. They can push past it, though. It's not like they can't push past it, but they have some work to do there. They definitely have, you're right, they definitely have their work cut out for them, for better or worse. And the weird thing to me is that I think the the the, the argument that it does not have a strong launch lineup, I don't, I don't agree with that because they have three big games right at launch. And there's a reason why Sony called those three out specifically. It's because they're big. <laughs> IPs, they're big, what sounds like, you know, full-blown VR experiences in Gran Turismo 7, which previews went out today of those, and everyone who played the preview of, of GT7 and PSVR 2 said they were blown away. Horizon Call of the Mountain, one of your biggest IPs, people who have previewed that earlier last year mm-hmm. said that they were blown away with that. Resident Evil Village, 
should be very good in VR. Seven was good in VR um, by all accounts. And so, I mean, those are three very strong mainstream titles. And then you throw in, mm-hmm. you know, you throw in basically another 35 or so games that are coming out uh, on top of that with most of them on launch day, but a few within the first month. And, you know, like you said, you about 10 you know, games interest you, I'd say about 10 or a dozen or so interest me quite a bit as well, which for something I've never experienced in VR, I think is pretty remarkable and should say a lot for the type of launch lineup that it's going to have. The other thing is that people have kind of harped on, well, these are all ports and remasters and yeah, a big bunch of them are, most of them are, you know, coming over from different VR headsets or they're just upgrades from games we already have on PSVR and I get that but my argument I guess to that and I'm I'm really not trying to just you know defend what they're doing here per se because I uh, you know I think they should have stuck with handheld instead of VR but my argument against that is that if you already own a Quest or you already own an Oculus then are you really in the market for PSVR 2? <laughs> I don't see why you would be. It's a very expensive niche to be in in gaming. Why would you be in the market for for this if you already own another one? So I think it's more for people like me or you who have never done it, don't own one, who already are in the PlayStation ecosystem and, you know, we're intrigued by it. And so they definitely have a somewhat of a public relations battle you know, on their hands, especially right here at launch. The other thing is that, you know, there has been, uh, this week when this came out from Bloomberg, there's been a little bit of a thought that Bloomberg has some bad sources on stuff uh, with things like this. So almost immediately after Bloomberg put this out, um, a Twitter account, YouTube channel called PSVR without parole, they focus on PSVR, obviously said that, yeah, this is not true, and I think this is going to be addressed pretty soon. And then well, like within the hour, Sony had told the games industry that, yeah, this isn't true. We haven't cut production now. Some people did point out, and I think correctly, that PlayStation said they haven't cut their production numbers, but that doesn't mean that they haven't cut their forecast numbers. Yeah, exactly. So that is a fair point. You know, they might still be making 2 million units, but their forecast might have changed to a million. So they still think they'll sell them at some point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It just, it's, it, it could very well go slower than what they anticipated. So that's definitely a fair point, a fair argument as well. Mm-hmm. But I almost, I almost have this feeling, you know, it, it's sort of like The Last of Us on HBO, the show, in a way, like people were. When that when that show was announced, people were either on board or not. They're like, "This isn't going to work," or people were like, "Wow, this is going to be really cool." And you know, we we've talked about before how I was kind of beating the drum about how like this is going to be a big deal. This was going to be a water cooler moment, etc. And I'm not I'm not ready to go that far with PSVR two, but I do think in some regard that once people get it and they start playing it and they start telling their friends about it. And you start reading online about how cool it is and about how easy it is and about how it works and about how immersive and all that is. Like when I bring the headset over to your house and you get to play Grand Turismo 7, you might be fucking blown away. I don't know, you know, and then <laughs> it might make you want to buy one. And so you can race in VR, you know, or whatever. So maybe I'll vomit on your shirt. Maybe you'll, yeah, maybe you'll vomit all over your racing rig. <laughs> so 
I think there is going to be that as well. Do they have an uphill battle? Yes. Are they are they not expecting to do as well? Probably. Do I think that it's it'll pick up steam as time goes on? Yes. Lest we forget we can murder people in Hitman, right? Has not been announced yet, but that's a no-brainer. They already have that on PSVR. Yeah, it's just a but, matter of time. But So it's just a matter of time, correct. Number two, very early development footage from 2020 of PlayStation's Horizon multiplayer game leaked on Reddit last weekend. The video showed stylized characters roaming a realistic-looking world and battling the usual Horizon robot dinosaurs. Concept art was also leaked of the game and looked like a blend of Horizon, of course, Fortnite, and Monster Hunter. And of course, developer Guerrilla Games confirmed last December that they were planning to expand the world of Horizon with an online co-op project that would feature a new cast of characters and a unique stylized look. So I'm sure that you didn't see the footage because I'm sure that it got taken down. But I guess generally, how do you feel about this idea of like Fortnite characters and a realistic Horizon and that being a co-op game? Yeah, you mean, you said before you thought the Horizon game in a Monster Hunter style would be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Stylization, I didn't see the footage, but does it mean like I'm in Horizon, but with cartoon caricatures kind of? That's what it looked like to me. It looked like, yeah, I, know you, I know you've seen probably like pictures of Horizon Forbidden West. At right. least. So imagine yeah. like the environment and everything, but then you took like Fortnite looking characters and put it into that. That's what it looked like. That's that. See, that's interesting. I don't know that they needed to do that per se, or that they need to. Like they could just use their types of character models and play on those but yeah that's an interesting that is an interesting ploy i wonder what the thinking is there if it's supposed to draw in a different type of clientele or what but mm-hmm. um i don't hate it hate it but yeah you know, i mean like you said it it works as a monster hunter game so i guess i guess it makes sense um yeah it does sound cool i I do like the 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 cross of the art worlds there the the art stylization with the realistic looking world that's kind of cool though i do like that idea that's yeah, interesting. yeah, it's like that. It's I mean, it's Need for Speed Unbound to, to me. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? True. Which, <laughs> which I think I fucking loved that. I talked about it. like I think they nailed that. So like, if they're going for that with the with the Horizon, like I'm I'm in. I, my biggest question is: Is this going to be a free to play game? You it know, seems like that with the character model to me. I would agree. That'll I mean that's interesting. I think along those lines, I think we'll have the playbook for this and other multiplayer co-op games from PlayStation Studios in the future after we see what The Last of Us Factions is, presumably later this year. Like Once we see what they've done with that game in terms of, is it free to play? Does it have a battle pass? Which we pretty much know that's a yes based on them hiring the guy from Epic but or Fortnite. So is it free? Does it have a battle pass? What type, you know, how long does it get content, et cetera? So I think we'll have a pretty good idea of what they're trying to do generally once we can see what's going on in the last of us. So I, I I love this idea. I've said it before. I mean, like you mentioned, I think of a a horizon monster hunter style game has a ton of potential, even if it's free to play, even with characters looking like Fortnite people, because after playing need for speed unbound, that has shown me what is possible with that sort of blended art style so i'm mm-hmm. i'm here for that so i hope they can pull it off maybe they'll do more fortnite stuff like you can hunt a monster during a travis scott concert jesus christ let's not get carried away <laughs> <laughs> number three 
In other PlayStation Studios news, Insomniac's Wolverine game is targeting a fall 2024 release, which shouldn't really be a surprise to anybody, according to Giant Bomb's Jeff Grubb. Grubb also said on his podcast this week that the game will be rated mature, and they are going for a very hard R, supposedly, as an R rating, and features a semi-open world environment. By the way, who, whoever refers to games as R-rated, oh, that's weird to me. Nevertheless, yeah, that implies they're having sex. Right. <laughs> Nevertheless, Grubb also has heard through sources that Insomniac does not want to tie their game to the X-Men movies in any way, so Wolverine will be set in a time period before he joins the famous band of mutant heroes. Okay, what do you think about an M-rated Wolverine game, etc.? Imagine an R-rated porn Wolverine movie. Imagine getting fingered by Wolverine. Yeah, just imagine. It's like uh, getting fingered by Freddy Krueger. It is. Jesus, yeah. He's a, the Wolverine is the good Freddy Krueger. Um, <laughs> yeah. But By the way, how many... Somebody different owns Jeff Grubb every every month. Now it's Giant Bomb. It was something else when we started the podcast. I feel like he gets bought out every six months. <laughs> He's He does a lot. He does a lot. Fucking ridiculous. He's about as bad as Tom Henderson. So anyway... <laughs> The, the two things that I took from this, which I'm excited that it's not tied to the movies. I didn't want that. Yeah. And I'm excited that it's not, it's before he joins everybody else. So uh, I wanted a single player narrative driven Wolverine game. And I feel like doing this before he joins um, all of the X-Men, like setting it in the time period before, I think we have a really cool story, like a really cool origin, fun mm. story that kind of, you know, gives us a different look at the Wolverine because we've only seen him, you know, unless you read the comic books. Like, if you just look at talking about the movies and everything else, the last couple, I don't know, last, what, 10 years, we've only seen him in a certain way, which is with the X-Men. So they're checking all the boxes I wanted it to have, which makes me very happy. Yeah. There was a, there was actually a single-player Wolverine game on Xbox 360 and I think PS3 as well. I think it was called X-Men origins wolverine maybe or what was it let me look it up it was a fucking dope ass game it was made by raven software who we all know now makes call of duty games exclusively and it was rated m because you would decapitate dudes and that cut their limbs off and stuff it was so awesome there it is x-men origins wolverine yeah it was dope god that was such a dope ass game and uh so obviously insomniac is going to make a much better game than that one (laughs) Uh, by default and i think that it'll be graphically insane combat insane story will be great i think it's going to be a banger and i i don't really know why the whole fall 2024 thing is really news at all i guess because they haven't said anything but i think the fact that they've shown us a trailer and we know spider we knew spider-man 2 is coming this fall yeah, they did. I think yeah it's pretty, obviously I mean, you know, pretty safe to assume it would be coming mm-hmm. the uh, the next year, just based on the timing of when they the, the announcements and when we can kind of do the calculus and figure out how long something you know the Wolverine game has been in development, for instance. So, right, that was my biggest thing too. Like when we, at the point we saw the trailer, you knew it was a couple of years off. So, yeah, and I think we saw the Wolverine teaser either twenty twenty at the PlayStation reveal or maybe maybe it was twenty twenty one. It's one of the two. Either, yeah, maybe I probably probably twenty twenty one because three years away from release. I mean, yeah, so that makes sense. But very excited about this. Going to be sick. Number four, 
Sony Corporation proper released their third quarter financial results this week. PS5 shipments reached 12.8 million units in the first nine months of the fiscal year, with the company on track to hit their target of 18 million PS5 sold in the fiscal year, and then some, as they increased, in fact, their forecast to 19 million units sold by March 31st. This means that Sony plans to sell 6.2 million PS5s in the first three calendar months of this year, more than double the best three months of a year that PS4 ever had in its lifetime. Sony has now sold 32 million PS5s, which is about 6 million consoles shy of where PS4 sat at the same point in its life cycle. In terms of the PlayStation division as a whole, revenue was up 53% year over year to $8.79 billion. That's insane. While operating profit was up 25% year over year to $820 million. After two consecutive quarters of decline, the number of PlayStation Plus subscribers and PlayStation Network monthly active users increased during the quarter as well. PlayStation Plus was up almost a million users from the previous quarter, while monthly active users grew by 10 million from the last quarter to 112 million per month. Game software sales are also very healthy, with 86.5 million games sold in the quarter, up from 62.5 in the previous one. So, uh... 24 million more games sold in one quarter. Boost in software sales were driven in large part by PlayStation Studios titles, including God of War Ragnarok, which has already sold a staggering 11 million copies in just three months on the market. There are a couple of other fascinating takeaways from the recent financial reports as well. First is that Sony is attracting a large swath of potentially first-time, or at least lapsed, PlayStation owners to PS5, as their data shows that 30% of people who own a PS5 and their monthly active user data for the recent quarter have never owned a PlayStation 4. Sony is also closing the gap on Microsoft in terms of console market share in the United States, as Chief Financial Officer Hiroki Totoki claimed that since last summer, the Japanese giant has expanded their share significantly in these United States. Okay, so now there's a lot there, a lot of diarrhea of numbers, but does anything jump out at you? <laughs> lots of diarrhea of numbers mm-hmm. the quarter over quarter numbers are interesting but they're a little bit misleading because if you think about like what did the last quarter have well first of all it had the holidays so of course sales are mm-hmm. going to be up there and think about the releases of the last quarter right god of war call of duty mm-hmm. wait there's probably a sports game i'm forgetting that came out you know what i mean like there's yeah of course it should grow it should grow sure. in that quarter every single year it should be Third quarter should always be better than your second quarter of every single year because that's when a lot of those games come out. So big deal in a a sense. Mm -hmm. That's a fair point. That being said, what I think is interesting is kind of what you went over at the end there. Like 30% of these users have never owned a PS4. That's interesting. Wild. But but what is that pulled from? Is it pulled from unique emails? You know, that could be misleading. Is it uh, different usernames? Because if that's the case... It thinks Jacob has already bought five. So <laughs> I would guess emails, right? I would guess yeah. email addresses. Which is, I mean, like, I changed my email when I got a new job. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Like, when I was in college and I, and I ended college, I changed my email to like my Gmail. So, like, you know, that makes you yeah. wonder, like, okay, well, did I think I was two different users? So, but regardless, there's something there. A certain percentage of those are definitely real, regardless. So, that is pretty cool. I would like to see what the you know, market share is in America of Xbox versus PlayStation. Um, Mm. You know, we talked about those Japanese numbers a few months ago or a few shows ago. It was like 
you know, they sold a thousand Xboxes this month, but they sold like 15,000 PlayStations. So it's like, yeah, you know, maybe that's just the pace that we're on now that there's more PlayStations in the wild. But, it, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, we're talking about perception with the VR too. Um, you know, the perception right now is that the PlayStation hardware is just better. It gives you better looking games. Um, the exclusives are better. There's a lot of positive perception on the console front for the PS5. So these numbers reflect yeah. that for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Definitely. I, you know, PS5 doing very well, especially now that we have PlayStation 5s on console or on sh- store shelves, I should say. These numbers are only going to just grow exponentially. It's going to be, I mean, they didn't increase their forecast by a million units for no reason. So it's going to be a big year for PS5 specifically, but I think it's going to be a big year for PlayStation on the whole as well. They're obviously very healthy. God of War Ragnarok selling 11 million copies in three months is (laughs) insane because, I mean, most games would be happy to sell that over their lifetime, you know, but they sold 11 million in three months. So I think that game is definitely going to, to sell 20 million plus copies. Oh, easy. Especially, yeah, especially as more people start getting PS5s this year. And once they bring that, bring it to, uh, to PC, uh, inevitably, you know, it's going to hit 20 million, no problem. So that's a huge number, huge number. Also, I am very, intrigued like you about the 30 percent of people playing on ps5s never owned a ps4 i think that's very fascinating like you i would also love to know how they track that data how they gather that where are they pulling that from but even let's say they have you know 10 percent of that is junk and let's say it's 20 percent of people still a lot (laughs) never never owned a ps4 it's still a lot uh you know because let's see they had uh, let's see, grew by the 112 million monthly active users. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're talking about you're talking about 20 over 25 million people still, even if it's only 20. <laughs> percent it's, it's asinine. Never owned a PS4. That's insane. So, very very impressive. And PlayStation's hot. PlayStation's hot. And I, you know, it's 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 really the other interesting thing about this is that you can see how healthy they are, how well they're doing, how well PS5 is doing, how well their games are doing, all of it. And we know that we have this Microsoft Activision thing going on in the background. We know all the drama and the theatrics that both sides have been doing with all that. And I say all that to say that, like, you know, they have to report this stuff by law. But it's almost like everything else has almost gone somewhat silent to it pretty quiet up until this week which we're going to talk about here in a moment but they've been very quiet and i don't think that they want to be seen as being this successful (laughs) and you can 100 percent guarantee that some of these numbers that we just talked about will absolutely be used and regurgitated somewhere along the way by microsoft to some of these regulators and you know it is what it is i mean you can't hide money as they say right so uh, anyway, PlayStation is doing very well, very healthy. Going to be a big year for them and for PS5. Number five, the PlayStation 5 firmware beta program received a fresh set of features this week, and it's a big one. It includes a Discord chat support, variable refresh rate support for 1440p resolution, 
the ability to request a screen share directly from your friend's profile, a new join game icon in party chats, the ability to manually upload game captures to the PlayStation app, the ability to sort and filter games in your library, and they've also made it easier to access your PS4 saved game data on PS5. Now when you install a PS4 game on PS5, you will be prompted to download saved data data from the PSN cloud storage. A couple of other big improvements are that you can finally update your DualSense controller wirelessly, and you can use voice commands to operate the capture functionality. While the update is currently only available to firmware beta testers, insider Tom Henderson has previously reported that this update will be made available to all on March the 8th. Okay, so any of the features that are coming soon interest you? I'm super stoked about the variable refresh rate at 1440p so I can, you know, game like a fucking adult. That would be exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just little things. Like, these are all, like, what I would consider quality of life. Like, being able to join a game from the party, like, that's dope. Manually upload your captures, that's nice. Just little things like that that are fun. Filtering things in your lo- in your library is oddly helpful. Yeah, I, I you know it's kind of like a thing you don't realize you don't have until you read it, and you're like, oh yeah, duh, like that's something I would like. Which is you know that's kind of the thing I like the most when they do these updates. I like when it's something I don't think about, and then they update it, and I'm like, oh yeah, cool, perfect. Because yeah, I mean sometimes you just don't think about these things. Um, the funny part is the <laughs> updating your controller wirelessly. That's something that's bugged me since it came out. <laughs> apparently it's bugged a lot of people because i see that on twitter a lot like why the fuck can't i just update it why do i have to plug it in right but yeah yeah i mean it's already connected to the console but here you'll plug it i mean you know wirelessly i should i mean but here plug it in so we can update it yeah anyway i mean that's really it for me i mean it's nice that they're still working on all this ui stuff and they didn't just say ah well fuck you here it is so that's nice you know the the variable refresh rate intrigues me but my problem is is that if i turn it on because i have a i don't have a rich person's tv i have a poor person's tv you have a rich person's headset though i do have a rich person's headset it's all about priorities but it tastes like chocolate yeah (laughs) i mean i have a nice sony tv but it's a little bit you know i got it right before the ps5 came out so it's a few years old at this point almost so the variable refresh rate on it if i enable it then the local dimming and some of the other features on my tv turns off um, because it's not an OLED or anything. It's a LED, I guess. And so I choose not to use the VRR so that I can have those other features uh, enabled still on my TV. I, I think that's the smart choice. I don't know enough about it, about TV settings specifically to know if I'm making the right choice or not. But um, so I don't, that's exciting, but I don't think I'll use that one. Um, Discord, I feel weird about that one in a way too. Like I know that's big. A lot of people are excited about that, but I don't use Discord for anything. Right. Like, I need, who like, am I chatting with on Discord? I need like a lesson. Like, I need like a, you know, six week course on how to use Discord and why. Yeah. Now, if they put like Slack on there or something, you know, I don't know. I mean, you can't chat with me. I mean, you can, but like, I don't know. I just, yeah, I mean, I don't use Discord and I don't get it. I, so. I use Slack at work and uh, yeah, so I've used Microsoft well, Teams sort of. as well. And it's like, I could just use a group text. Why do I need to fucking have Slack? Yeah, why do I need Discord? <laughs> I can just send you a video in a group text. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to follow too. hashtags. The fuck? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We sound like some boomers. <laughs> yeah, we sound old as fuck right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, the dual sense, it never really bothered me, honestly, actually, to plug it in, to, to update it. Of all the things that don't another... bother you, 
I don't know, man. It just doesn't bother me. But I mean, I'm I'm thankful to be able to just wirelessly do that now. So whatever. But yeah, the next big firmware update is on the way. Give it about a month and we'll all have it. Number six. God, I didn't realize how much I had here. Jesus, there's a lot of shit. Uh, number six. Sony San Diego Studio revealed that Miami Marlins player Jazz Chisholm Jr. is the game's cover athlete. They also revealed that it will launch across all the major platforms on March 28th including PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, Nintendo Switch, and PC, with full cross-play and cross-progression support. Two collector's editions were revealed later in the week and feature Yankees legend Derek Jeter as the cover athlete. The Captain Edition runs $100 and comes with a hat and still box case, among other, uh, other bonuses. The Digital Deluxe Edition is also $100 and includes more digital bonuses in lieu of the physical goodies. Both collector's editions include four days of early access starting on March 24th, and pre-orders for MLB The Show 23 go live on the PlayStation Store on February 6th, so the same day this podcast releases. Now, what do you think? What is a Jazz Chisholm, yeah. and uh, is MLB for you? What I, I tweeted this at you. What the fuck? Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> I don't know who that is. I don't know who the fuck that guy is. I don't care either. Um, I, know, I know what a Derek <laughs> Jeter is, though. Yeah. The worst thing about this whole thing is it's like, of all the things we've invented, at best, this is the third best sport Americans have invented, and I hate that it sells so well. It's just it's just such an awful sport. Like, nothing about it is interesting. It's fun to go in person, and I'm not really 100% sure why, but I do enjoy going in person, but I don't know. I just, the game is so awful. I've played, I've played the, the you know, the, the hour what do you call it? Like the hour or two accesses you get for free. And yeah. it doesn't feel any different than it felt a decade ago when I played. Nothing about it is any different. Like I time, I, it's whatever. I still can't pitch. I still can't release the fucking ball on time. I, it's just, everybody runs around the bases the same. Like I, it's just, it's just <laughs> so boring to me. Like it's brutal. Man. And it's like, I can't, you know, and then, like, there's no metric in it. There's no difficulty slider that I could find that ever it meets my skill level. It's like I can't win, or I score 27 runs. So it's like I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. But good. I'm glad people want to spend a hundred dollars on this. I'm sure that they're all virgins and their mothers hate them. <laughs> Damn, you just went in. You just went in big time on everybody that like 20 more than 20 million people play MLB the Show. You just shit on all of them. You just shat on all of them. Yeah, anyway, um, MLB The Show, huh? It's not for me. You know, I've played it a couple times over the years, and I mean, it's, it's not a terrible game. Like, it's not a bad game. But, I, first of all, I'm not a baseball guy, okay? I played the card, like, team-building mode, like the My Team equivalent. I forget what they even call it uh, on there, and it's it's good. But, like you said, like, there's just something about the pitching on the game. Like, it's just... They changed it last year, and it sucked so much ass. Like, it was, I hated the change. And then, I don't know, I'm with you. Like, sports games, we've talked about this before. Like, they need to just, if there needs to be live service games in this industry, it needs to be sports games. Like, just let me buy a roster pack once a year. I'll pay $25 or whatever for it. And you can just update it. I mean, look how... Okay, if a game like Rainbow Six Siege can go on for eight years or whatever the hell, <laughs> you can't tell me that they can't have a sports game last an entire generation 
of a console. Yeah. And then update it, update it graphically along the halfway through if you need to, whatever. Like yeah, you could change some physics in it every now and then, and we'll pay for it. It's done yeah. every fucking year. It, yeah, it can be done. It can absolutely be done. And I'm waiting. Maybe that's what EA is going to do with FIFA, whatever they're calling. It's not called FIFA anymore. They call in their game. EA Sports, football club, football EA Sp- club. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's what EA is going to do with that. Uh, we'll find out here in the summertime. But if they do, if, that, if they go that route, people are going to shit on it because it's live service and it's EA and microtransactions and all that. But I actually think that it could be very brilliant. Anyway, yeah, it will be the show you, you guys enjoy. They just make so much money cyclically releasing the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to imagine because you're right. Like we just said, they're going to sell 20 million copies of the show every year. 20 million, 25 million copies of FIFA or 30 million copies of FIFA every year. So look, it's MLB shows the fine people like Burger King too. <laughs> yeah. Touche. Number seven, February's lineup of PlayStation plus essential tier games was announced this week. It, it includes asymmetrical multiplayer horror game, evil dead, the game for PS4 and PS5 <laughs> score chasing skateboarding game, Ollie Ollie world for PS4 and PS5. Destiny 2's Beyond Light expansion for both PS4 and PS5, and Mafia Definitive Edition for PS4. Also, as a PSA, Sony announced this week that the PlayStation Plus Premium Collection that has been available for for owners of a PS5 since launch day will go away on May 9th, so be sure to claim all of those titles for your library before then. You don't have to download them, just be sure you add them to your library. The collection originally included 20 titles, but Persona 5 was dropped in May of last year. The remaining 19 titles will still be playable after May 9th, but you, again, have to be sure that you claim them beforehand. Hey, so what do you think about the PlayStation Plus games for the month and uh, any comment on losing the collection? Actually, I don't think they're terrible. Um, yeah. Destiny 2 Beyond Light expansion. I know a lot of people play it. And they like it. Even <laughs> It's funny. You see the memes. They're like, I can't believe I'm playing Destiny 2 again, but like it just it just pulls people back in, apparently. Yeah. All the Ollie World was all over the ether, the video game ether. So it's nice to see that it's gonna, you know, in, in this form, it could get a rebirth or actually get some exposure, which is nice. Yeah, I don't know about anything about Evil Dead the game, but I'm glad it's not Evil Dead the reality. So <laughs> I'll take that. I agree. And I think I actually have claimed all of my plus premium games. I think I've claimed all of them. Yeah, I would. I mean, you know, you may Why never. Not? Yeah, you never you may never play any some of them, but you might as well. I mean, fuck, they're free. Like, I don't why not? So be sure you guys do that. As far as the games for the month, very good list, in my opinion. Very good list. Good month. Uh top to bottom. Ollie Ollie World, wonderful game. Uh played it at launch. Very good. Fun, simple, score chasing, side scrolling, skateboarding game. Very addictive. It's a good game. Uh Destiny 2, getting that out there to get some of that interest drummed up before the big expansion drops towards the end of february i forget what they're calling that lightfall um so they're uh they're trying to pimp that out a little bit before that expansion evil dead the game got good reviews when it launched i'm definitely interested that probably will be the only one that i download i want to check that out that looks like fun and they added a 40 player battle royale mode uh this week that they're calling splatter royale so that's <laughs> That uh, that looks really interesting. I'm gonna check that one out for sure. Don't know anything about Evil Dead, just generally know what it is. But I'm gonna see if that's worth a shit. All right, Travis. Number eight. We have a bunch of news nuggets as well. A ton of news nuggets, in fact. First nugget: 
Sony took to the PlayStation blog this week to remind us that the PlayStation 5 supply issues are no more, and to also share a new live-action TV commercial highlighting various PS5 titles. Worth noting is that the new ad appears to be teasing a new Uncharted game with a female protagonist, and potentially a new Ghost of Tsushima game, both of which were included in the spot. I thought we were done with Uncharted. <laughs> yeah, see, we've been talking. Um, they, we, they've they got another studio on it, and if that's not Drake's daughter, or supposed to be Drake's daughter, in that ad, I don't know what is. And uh, We know they're writing a Ghost of Tsushima 2. That's a thing. Yeah, that, that, that shouldn't be a surprise either. I saw that reported, but we know that, ins- uh, not Insomniac, mm-hmm. What a sucker punch. We know that they're hiring for Ghost of Tsushima too. So Yeah, and they're making the movie, so it's they should coincide about the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to skip one here and come back to that second one because I've got these out of order. This makes more sense. So next nugget here. Sony has erected a giant Leviathan Axe display in downtown London as a part of the aforementioned live on PS5 marketing campaign. Other on-site activations include a giant PS5 in India that shot shit out of the top of it like Godzilla and a claw strider from Horizon. Also worth noting and quite curious is that one of the live on PS5 TV spots features a news reporter interviewing a man by the Leviathan Axe, in which he states that, quote, something bigger than Fimblewinter is coming, end quote. What are we talking about? It's likely nothing, but some fans online believe it is a tease of an imminent PlayStation showcase. Perhaps, somewhat in support of that, are Venom voice actor Tony Todd tweeting this week and telling fans to wait and watch. So, okay, so we've got PS5s on store shelves, Amazon selling them. We've got a new live on PS5, big marketing campaign. They've spent millions of dollars building a gigantic PS5 in India and a big axe in London, etc. And uh, this little potential Easter egg that something is coming. What uh, what do you think about any of this? I do want to ask you about this. Does it mean anything to you? It's a lot of money for nothing. That's what I think. I mean, and, you know, got Tony Todd chiming in. The fucking names are kid Tony Todd. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the hell a Fimble Winter. What's a Fimble Winter? What is a Fimble Winter? That's a basically a world-ending event. Um, ooh, not world. That's Ragnarok. Fimble Winter happens before Ragnarok in... What is that, Norse mythology? Anyway, What are you saying to me? Yeah, I understand. So, it's French. What are you saying to me? Put this in terms I understand. <laughs> let me, let me get this. The first tournament before the NCAA tournament? Correct. Exactly. Okay. God damn it. Let me get this back on track. Do you think that, you, you, you touched on it, do you think that Sony would spend a bunch of money, millions, tens of millions of dollars, no doubt, if they just wanted to make it known that you can now buy a PS5 on Amazon and at Walmart <laughs> Etc. No. Like, is it worth spending all that money to pimp the PS5? Just, I mean, people are going right. to find out that shit is at the store. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you're going to know. What's more likely no. that they're pimping PS5s being in stores or in stock, or they're teasing something to come or trying to build hype? Maybe it's both. It, I don't know. It's something. It's, well, there's something's coming. We don't know what it is, clearly. Right. Um, See, I my, don't my, man, my man said something bigger than Fimble Winter is coming. See? Yeah, so I, yeah, I don't even know what that means. Jesus, um, there has to be something, but I don't know what. I don't know what it could be. What are they going to yeah. announce? It, 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 I mean, it's if it was VR two, it would be related around that. So, yeah, it has to be something. Is, it, is that still feels like a lot of money to spend for a showcase? Yeah, true. That is true. But I've 
I feel like something is coming. I know we keep saying that. I'm not trying to be funny. I feel like something is around the corner. You know, I've said on the show before that I think that either right close to the time they get VR out or right after we get VR2 out, they're going to start, they're going to have to give us a state of play, a showcase something to talk specifically about PS5 and games coming out this year and next year because we really don't, we don't have a release date for Spider-Man. We just now got a release date for the show. I mean, beyond that, there's nothing. Um, so they're going to have to do something soon. So it could, could potentially be a tease. We'll see. Yeah. It is fun, though. It's I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Oh, they're the best at that. I mean, they, they're very good at that. So the on-site stuff and, and around the you know, whatever, different cities and stuff. All right, so backing up a little bit here, one more nugget. PlayStation shared a hands-on preview of GT7 on PSVR 2 this week, as I mentioned earlier which featured a few new clips of the game in action, but we also learned of a couple of new features. There will be a VR showroom for your cars so that you can admire your collection and also head tracking, which makes it feel like you're driving in real life. Both sound very cool. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'll do in the showroom. The head tracking is important. Like, yeah, you know, I saw a video like, you know, they'll put a helmet cam on a guy in a car and like when you watch the helmet cam, you're bouncing around everywhere mm-hmm. and then they stabilize the camera. And like, you know, you could tell it's moving around, but it's stabilized. So, you know, it looks straight while you're, while you're yeah. watching the film and people were like, A, is it that rough in a car? And B, does your brain stabilize it? And it's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's stable. It, you couldn't drive if it didn't stabilize it. Like you've driven a car before and ran over bumps. What did it do? Like you don't, hmm. your, your eyes don't feel the bumps. Right. So right. Uh, that'll be cool. The VR showroom is weird to me. Like, I don't know why I want to do that. Uh, It's exciting. You might love it. You're going to find out. All right. (laughs) Next nugget. Multiplayer PvP social deception spy game Deceive Inc. is coming to PS5 on March 21st. Up to 12 players playing either solo or on teams of three must work together and against each other to extract an objective. A free open beta will be taking place on March the 10th. Very excited to check this out. This sounds dope and the trailer looks really cool. Yep, Synth trailer looks fun. Also, website Video Games Chronicle reported that PlayStation Productions executive Assad Kizilbash teased in a tweet this week that the Twisted Metal television show will be premiering this year, because of course it is. I'm still going to predict sometime in June. Also, IGN reported that both PlayStation and Nintendo will not have a presence at this year's E3 revival, according to their sources, so why bother? Amazon reportedly wants to turn the Tomb Raider IP into a Marvel-like franchise spanning games, film, and television, and reports came out later in the week that Embracer Group has sold the IP rights to Amazon for $600 million after just acquiring it for half of that last year from Square Enix. In fact, reports surfaced this week that uh, Fleabag's Phoebe Waller-Bridge has been tapped to write a Tomb Raider show for Amazon. Womb Raider. That's you tonight, baby. (laughs) <laughs> also, publisher Capcom says it is on course to sell more games this current fiscal year than any other year in its history, with it forecasted to reach 40 million in-game unit sales for the year. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Kingdoms of Amalur re-reckoning developer Kaiko is working on a quote-unquote high-profile THQ Nordic IP in the action-adventure genre, according to a new job listing. Infinity Ward re- revealed a new map coming to Warzone 2 called Ashika. Island, Ashika Island this week. It will be playable in the game's resurgence mode, which allows respawns in Battle Royale. 
Bloomberg reported that EA has internally canceled a new single-player game that was rumored to be a single-player take on Apex Legends. It's a bummer. Ubisoft revealed the long-rumored third iteration of the Crew franchise this week. Titled The Crew Motorfest, the open-world racer is set on the island of Oahu in Hawaii, and it will release later this year on PS4 and PS5. A series of closed beta tests will take place prior to launch, and those interested can sign up now. I'm very excited about this. It looks dope. Did you sign up? I signed up, of course. <laughs> I hated. I hate that it's coming to PS4 and last gen. Like, fucking A, guys, but whatever. Next nugget, viewership for episode 3 of The Last of Us was up 12% from episode 2, with Nielsen and HBO reporting a combined total of 6.4 million viewers for Sunday night alone. So, people loving it. Speaking of, Activision Blizzard's Executive Vice President Lulu Chang Messervy stated that she believes the success of HBO's The Last of Us adaptation is a prime reason why the U.S. Federal Trade Commission should allow the Microsoft Activision deal to go through. No idea what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> talking about games or talking about movies. I mean... They didn't buy Call of Duty the movie. You want to talk about a stretch. Like, that is the one of the biggest stretches I've ever seen. Get the fuck out. Also, actress Annie Wershing, who played Tess in the original Last of Us video game, passed away this week at the age of 45 after a battle with cancer. That's sad. Is she the one getting railed in that meme? <laughs> no. No, that's not her. Okay. Uh, Wait, not anymore. Not anymore, yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Two more PlayStation Plus Premium Classics titles received trophy support this week, including No More Heroes Allowed and Jumping Flash. Don't Nod Montreal, the developers of Life is Strange, have teased a new game that is based in the 1990s. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Rhythm game Drums Rock has been announced as a PSVR 2 launch game. It is essentially Guitar Hero with drums. Looks fucking dope. Also looks hard. The recently released Power Wash Simulator is getting Final Fantasy VII themed DLC called the Midgar Special Pack after just recently receiving Tomb Raider DLC or Tomb Raider DLC. This is a great idea. Yeah, it is. It's very. It's a very good idea. EA and Koei Tecmo's upcoming monster hunting game, Wild Hearts, will not include microtransactions and will get free post-launch DLC, according to the game's executive producer. It will, however, include both a performance and quality graphical mode, as well as support for offline play. Performance mode will run at 1080p and 60 frames per second, fart noise, while quality will run at 4K and 30 frames per second. EA Sports announced a partnership with the back-to-back Formula One, Formula Un, Champion Max Verstappen this week. Their logo will don the front chin of his racing helmet for the 2023 season, and he will work with the publisher to no doubt promote the F1 racing game franchise this year as well. You know, I saw, I follow this guy who puts out F1 helmets, and I saw the helmets, and it did not register in my brain that there was an EA Sports logo on his helmet. <laughs> yeah, it's right there, right on his chin. Other, other big, big F1 news that came out today is in 2026. Max Verstappen's car will be powered by Ford. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he will not win anymore. (laughs) He'll be (laughs) fucked on race day, huh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Also, I forgot we played the F1 game last year. That was fun. I don't know why we quit playing that. I don't know why we quit either. (laughs) I think I went to night shift, so we didn't have time. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. We're still still on race two with the Aston Martin. 
All right, EA is shutting down live service dodgeball game Knockout City in June after two years on the market. Turtle Rock Studios is ceasing post-launch development on co-op zombie shooter Back for Blood and moving on to their next project. Website GamesIndustry.biz reported that the Dying Light franchise has now crossed 30 million total copies sold. Developer NC Southwest has laid off 20% of its workforce as part of a larger company-wide global realignment. It was reported not too long ago that PlayStation had partnered with the Korean office of NCSoft to develop a Horizon MMO, so something to keep an eye on there. Sony has prom- uh, promised. Sony has promoted Chief Financial Officer Hiroki Totoki to President and Chief Operating Officer. Totoki will take over for current President Kenichiro Yoshida in April, who will retain CEO duties after that. We need to know who the new CFO is and if he has... Such a fun name as these two. Right. <laughs> Hiroki Totoki. GitHub founder Chris Wainstrath has launched Null Games, a new publishing operation whose first title will be developer Excellent Rectangle's roguelite hockey game Tape to Tape, which is scheduled to release in April, and it looks fucking dope. What do you Unless do, what I hope it comes to console. What do you do on this? You it looks like it looks like a Sega Genesis game, and it like it's just you pick your different hockey players you build a team basically of hockey players and you try to keep winning and if you lose you have to start over um i think is the concept so if you if you get beat you got to start over it's like a tournament or something i guess you got to start over kind of like mortal Kombat with hockey it's it's also new trailer also website push square reported that infants are coming to the sims 4 on march 14th when's that baby do (laughs) so It'll be interesting. You can get a whole white baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that means also infant side is coming to Sims 4. <laughs> Jesus. Also, Railway Empire 2 is getting, not not Joel Railway's Ellie, uh, but Railway Empire 2 is getting co-op multiplayer and has added a huh? PS4 version in uh-huh. addition to it. What did yeah. I say? What do you think? Huh? Are we co-op in this? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sure. It's going to be on PS5. Do you want to have a railway sim at your house? We can shovel coal into the PS5. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Okay, so it's also on PS5, but they're adding a PS4 version. Persona 5 Royal now has a four-hour trial for PS Plus premium members on PS5, which I know Travis is very excited about. Mm-hmm. Sony has been sending out 10% PlayStation Store discount codes to random PSN users, so check your email. I never fucking get those. No, it's I so think this is fake. This isn't real. Also, Shadow Warrior 3 Definitive Edition comes to PS5 on February 16th, and it will be a free upgrade for current owners of the game on PS4. Co-op Metroidvania Grim Guardians Demon Purge comes to PS4 and PS5 on February 23rd. Polyphony Digital Boss Kazunori Yamauchi, all kinds of GT7 stuff this week. In an, uh, he said in, Kaz said in an interview this week that the studio has begun work on the next Gran Turismo game, and that they have a theme for the title, but that he cannot say anymore. How do you have a theme for a Gran Turismo game? What I the mean, fuck I, does that mean? I think the theme is eight. The theme, the theme is eight, and we're going to have a bunch of race cars, and we're going to drive fast. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck's he talking about? Also, website Gaming Nexus, those guys over there, reported that publisher Perp Games announced a <laughs> slew of new titles coming to PSVR 2. The titles include horror game at Madison, bullet hell action game at Desperate, Vladivostok, Survival horror game Afterlife VR, multiplayer military looter shooter Ghost of Tabor, which looks fucking dope, 
uh, and it's coming in the third quarter of this year. Can't wait. Co-op cave diving exploration game, Cave at Digger 2, Dig Harder, <laughs> which is a launch game, uh-huh. and VR Skater uh, are all coming to PSVR 2. Uh, that, that Cave Digger game gives me anxiety just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. It, I just, I'm going to get stuck. Yes, I'm not doing that. Also, website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that a new job listing at developer The Molasses Flood suggests that their Witcher project will have co-op multiplayer. Experience required included work on PvE games and a class system. It's interesting. Also, European regulators formally sent Microsoft a letter of objections this week regarding the Activision deal. Microsoft and Activision must now prepare concessions to appease regulators if they want to deal that they want the deal to go through in the EU, excuse me. Website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received update patches this week: Dying Light 2, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, World War Z Aftermath, Battlefield 2042, Fortnite, Dead Space Remake, The Witcher 3, Monster Hunter Rise, Tim Tim, and Evil Dead the Game. So if you've been waiting for some new content or fixes, check those out. Have you read some of the stuff about the Dead Space remake? Like, I've heard it's quite good. The people are like like some of the developers couldn't couldn't play the game. It was so scary. <laughs> uh dude, I, I remember trying to play it originally back in the day on three sixty. No fuck. I had to quit. No fucking way. Shit's falling out of air vents and stuff on like no. I'm good. Totally good. Also, Naughty Dog co president Neil Druckmann revealed that the studio's headcount has grown from three hundred to over four hundred since two thousand twenty one. Sounds like a studio making three games to me. Also, The Last of Us Part 1 on PC has been delayed to March 28th, so just a couple weeks delay there, a few weeks. The PS5 is available, as we mentioned, to purchase on Amazon for the first time since launch without any sort of invite system or wait list, and that is apparently a small miracle for some people. Co-op game It Takes Two has crossed 10 million copies sold. Remedy Entertainment has said that they're going the route of full-blown survival horror for Alan Wake 2, which I hate this. I don't like that at all. Whatever. It's their game. Developer Platinum Games will curiously be hosting a Metal Gear Rising 10th anniversary event on February 19th amid rumors that something is happening with the Metal Gear IP in terms of a revival of some sort. Techland shared the 2023 roadmap for Dying Light 2 this week as the game sneaks up on its one-year anniversary. A transmog system and new quests are in the cards as are improvements to combat physics and parkour flow. Epic Games Wrestling Battle Royale game Rumbleverse will be shut down on February 28th after launching just last year, just a mere six months ago. Players who made any purchase will be refunded in full. All these live service games are dying Mm -hmm. fairly quickly. Also, rumors are swirling that Sony is preparing to release two new DualSense color variations, Metallic Gray and Metallic Red. Respawn Entertainment has delayed Star Wars Jedi Survivor from March 16th to April 28th, the same day as Dead Island 2. They're, they're going to duke it out. Actually, Dead Island will just delay again away from <laughs> that game, so who am I kidding? DC's revamp of their various IPs under the direction of James Gunn. We'll see the same actors used across film, television, and video games, which is quite interesting. Rumors have swirled this week that perhaps Grand Theft Auto 6 is farther along than we think, as the alpha footage that leaked last year is believed to be from a 2021 build, meaning that the game could be in beta at this very moment. A prominent GTA Twitter account known as GTA 6 News and Leaks has made the claims, 
and says they believe Rockstar is in the polishing and bug squashing phase of development. I fucking hope so. Yeah, we'll see. A series of job listings at Lego game developer TT Games has revealed that they are working on a new Lego project based on a new major IP. One title appears to be an open-world action-adventure game made on Unreal Engine 5. Website Gematsu reported that JRPG Rhapsody Moral Kingdom Chronicles will make its way west on PS5 sometime this summer. It will include both Rhapsody 2 and 3, but not Rhapsody 1 for some reason. JRPG Disgaea 7, Vows of the Virtuous, which is actually kind of a cool name, will come west for PS4 and PS5 sometime this fall. JRPG Souls of Kronos will release on PS5 on February 14th. Side-scrolling platformer Horus will release on PS4 on February 28th. Coming-of-age adventure game Loop 8, Summer of Gods, will come to PS4 in the West on June 6th. Stealth action adventure game Steel Seed, that's Travis's seed, all right, and was announced for PS5. It is planned to launch sometime in 2024 from close to the sun developer Storm in a teacup. Mm-hmm. Most of my seed is in a teacup. Yeah, it's a storm in a teacup. Point and click beat em up adventure game Brock the Investigator. It's clever. We'll launch on at PS4 and PS5 on March 1st. It's an alligator, isn't it? It I'm is. Pretty smart. Yeah, you are. Free to play kart racer Kart Rider Drift will launch on March 8th for PS4. Hmm. Shoot 'em up game R Type Final 3 Evolved will launch on PS5 on April 25th in North America and April 28th in Europe. Indonesian developer Gambir Studio announced roguelite action game Night vs. Giant, the Broken Excalibur for PS5. It is planned to release sometime later this year. Sweet. They really could have... I was going to say, they really could have just taken off Night vs. Giant. Like, the Broken Excalibur is a cool name. Like, yeah. that's fine. Isn't that like, the the sword that's stuck in the rock? Mm-hmm. So they just broke it off. They just broke it off. Yeah, just okay. broke it. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah it's, a, it's, it's just a hack. A little cheat. Also, WBSC eBaseball Power Pros has been rated for PS4 in Taiwan. It looks like the Wii Mies, like the little Wii avatar things. It's like that playing baseball. I don't understand. Horror game, horror game, Amnesia the Bunker has been delayed to May 16th from its original March release window. That has to be about Hitler at the end (laughs) of World War II, right? No, it's not. At least as far as... As far as I he know, had it's gas fun. generators in the bunker. I just imagined he, you know, he's delusional. He had amnesia from the fumes. Yeah, yeah, a lot of carbon monoxide. 2D action roguelite hack and slash game Death or Treat was announced mm-hmm. to be coming to PS4 and PS5 sometime this spring. First person puzzle game Seven Doors is launching on PS4 and PS5 on February 21st. Snow White and the Seven Doors. Sounds like a band. <laughs> It is sinister doors. <laughs> yeah. Sin- sinister fishing adventure game Dredge is launching on PS4 and PS5 on March 30th. Looks awesome. What does that mean? It looks it looks awesome. Will you oh. dredge up scary fish? Yes, pretty much. Okay. So Sinister, the guy from um <laughs> Seven Avenged Sevenfold, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Sinister Gates. And finally, Travis. Kimatsu reported that Catan Console Edition, I don't know why they don't call it Settlers of Catan anymore, but anyway, it'll release on PS4 and PS5 on February 28th and includes both multiplayer or online and local multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And they call it Catan Settlers Edition. Yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, that is all for the news this week. Quite a bit of news. Holy shit. And I'll turn it over to Travis now for this week's new games. Quite a bit of new, game, new games, too. Right. On January the 30th, we have Astro and Susie go to the beach. And have and sex. get abducted by Ted Bundy. Either one. Yeah. <laughs> Brick Firewall underscore. Mm. Gnome's Garden Return of the Queen. And there's punctuation missing in there somewhere. <laughs> yes. Is it Gnome's Garden Return of the Queen? Yeah, it should be a, like, like a that. semicolon. Okay. Yeah. Okay, on the 31st of January, we have Power Wash Simulator. Allegedly, what I've heard from people at work, great game to play if you're baked out of your mind. Oh, no We doubt. have uh, Raiden 4 versus Mikado Remix. SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake. We have a game called Season. A letter to the future. Okay. Uh, we have Stray Light. It's about a stray cat who's only made of light. Uh, we it's have win we game were, of the year. We we have we were here forever, which I've seen the cover art for. It looks interesting. Yeah, it's a co-op game. February the first, we have Albacete Warrior, Albacete, Albac, whatever. We have Beveron, uh, Football Manager, twenty twenty three, and Rhythm Sprout. On the second, we have Arcade Archives, Philios. Braves Rage, Chef Life, a restaurant simulator, which if it's a real restaurant simulator, a couple of your line cooks will be drug addicts. You never know if they're really going to come in, but uh, I doubt that's in the game. <laughs> we also have Puzzle Bubble Times 2, Bust a Move 2 Arcade Edition, and Puzzle Bubble 3, Bust a Move 3 S Tribute. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, those are like mobile games. We have Deliver Us from Mars. Exit Man Deluxe and Fashion Police Squad. And on February the third year of our Lord, we have Elemental uh. War, Helveti, which is just about fonts, Off Road <laughs> Motobike, uh, Pets at Work, and Seed of Life. Yeah, you got some Seed of Life, huh? <laughs> Lots of semen jokes tonight. I'm so sorry. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I really don't know. And uh, yeah, that's all for the new games this week. <laughs> and we'll start to wrap the show up now, like we always do, by discussing what we've been playing and anything that we're, we are looking forward to in the week ahead. What have you been doing? Uh, well, we made it to Division 3 in the FIFA co-op seasons. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to us. Congratulations <laughs> to us. Uh, we were killing it with leads. Then we kind of hit a dry spot, switched over to Team USA, fucking America. And... Um, We've been doing pretty well, so I think. I th- how many games have we played in season two, season three? I don't even know. I don't either. But uh, we got our absolute shit pushed in playing against Inter Milan. Every time we play them, they murder us, and I don't know why. Uh, yeah, um, it's a cheat code. But yeah, I mean, we've you know we beat some pretty good teams with uh, Leeds and USA that we probably shouldn't have beat. So uh, we're doing pretty well playing with fast teams is our forte. So you know that's what we're good at we played some battlefield with uh-huh. the new update i enjoy it actually i really like i like that they've combined the classes and the operators i think that makes the most sense i feel like we mentioned that when the game first came out like the operators are cool but why can't i have classes because i always thought it was weird you could be an operator and then put any class on it like i really like what this guy is a sniper right but right. 
I can give him an assault. It's just weird. So I'm glad that I actually like it. I like it a lot, actually. The new gadgets are cool. Um, uh, the little robot you can drive around is pretty neat. Um, it, I got killed by it. I got ran over. I got killed by it. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yes. I think it killed both of us, actually. I believe so. Tracer, you can shoot onto a, a, a vehicle that flashes. That's pretty cool. I enjoy doing that because I... You know, I enjoy things that annoy people, and I know that me shooting a tracer really pisses off the people on the tank, so I'm really happy with that. Does that mean that they can shoot, like, have we figured out yet, does that mean I can shoot a rocket at it, like, lock onto it, or what does it mean exactly? I read it it like that. I read it like that. If it's just to see it better, then, like, what's the difference between that and the soul flam, which is nothing? Yeah, the, I mean, I've been... I've been switching back and forth between the scar and the sniper. I kind of just use whatever I'm at in the map that fits the best, and they're both God, the scar is just so badass. Like, go like sniping for a few minutes and then switching to the scar. It's just like, for some, I don't know. I just feel like I'm so good at the game all of a sudden. But those have been a lot of fun. Um, I enjoy that. You know, if you're a sniper, you automatically have a spawn beacon. That's cool. Yeah, so, little things like that. It, it seems to play a little smoother too. At least to me, it did. It just it just seemed like all of it was smoother. It just seemed easier to move and to spot people. Um, than it did before, so I, th- I think it's yeah. a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I enjoyed it so far. I hope we can play some more this weekend and uh, dive into it some more. I, you know, I it it's going to take some getting used to because we've, I mean, for two years, you know, I've learned how to play the game a certain way. So like anything, you know, changing your habit habits, I should say, it takes a little bit of time. But I listen. You know, I love the game. I've been singing its praises for a while so and i i definitely want to try we didn't get to play the other night but i want to try the remake or the rework right. of the breakaway map or whatever supposedly that's like very good so good in fact that people have asked for it to be its own playlist for a while and uh dice obliged so there's literally just a playlist where you only play the breakaway map yeah, we should try it yeah so we should check that out uh like you said we played fifa working through some co-op seasons I'm actually waiting for a roster update post transfer window roster update so that I can restart a career with Bradford City because uh, they did make some some changes to the roster. So looking forward to that. I played that Oddballers game that I said that I reviewed uh, over the weekend, crushed it, got the review out, gave it an 8.8. Only problem with that game really is that no one's playing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's Ubisoft's problem. That's their fault. They literally did not market it whatsoever. They just kind of stealth released it and then sent people review codes, including us. And I was like, sure, I'll review it. And ended up being a really cool, fun game. And it reminds me of some, you know, it's a party game. So it's it's got that DNA of like a Fall Guys and like the wackiness and like loose physics of like a gang beast. It's really cool, man. I I, you know, I don't know what Ubisoft was looking at or thinking or I don't I don't I don't know, but they missed the ball on that one for sure, no pun intended. And uh the last thing I was playing was Inscription, which is like a deck building card battling game, and you're held captive by a serial killer, and you're trying to escape by beating him in card battles. Very cool game, very good game. But I got it's a roguelike game, meaning that when you die you have to start over at the beginning. So I got frustrated and I quit playing it, but a very, <laughs> very cool game. Very good. But I just can't, I re- I was like, I I thought I was doing something wrong. So I like Googled it and I was looking up, you know, stuff about the game 
And people were, some people were like, oh yeah, I played this game for like 40 hours. I'm like, I don't want to play a fucking card battling deck building game for 40 hours. Like, I don't know. So I, I must, I'm either just bad at it or I don't, I don't know. It's a cool game though, but I'm done with it for now. So yeah, uh, other than that, the only other thing I have to report, it's not on the list here, but I finally tonight, just before we started recording, got the platinum trophy and police simulator patrol officers. So. <laughs> Uh, there's that. I'm now the best police officer there is. Right. I appropriately planned my trophy, platinum trophy screenshot for me arresting someone for DUI. So my picture that I posted on Twitter is me arresting my 40th person uh, for driving under the influence of alcohol. Mm -hmm. So there's that. So yeah, it's fun. It's been fun. Uh, looking forward to playing some more Battlefield FIFA this week. Um, I'm looking forward to the Hogwarts Legacy game. I think reviews drop for it on on Monday. That's not any inside knowledge. That's just stuff that's been floating around Twitter. I think Monday the reviews come out. So if it's if it gets good reviews, we're going for that. And uh, you know, like I keep saying, VR two right around the corner. Oh, I, I forgot. I've been playing Back for Blood. Jacob asked me to play that Back for Blood game with him yesterday, so downloaded it. It's like a first person co-op zombie shooter it's pretty good it's not bad it's i'd give it like a seven you know it's kind of average but i feel like all those games are sevens you know like it's the same game to me <laughs> yeah it's like like every one of the, those games like that are like a seven so it's whatever but anyway that's all for me it's all for travis or joel rells elias <laughs> as we have established here so we'll get out of here now hope you guys enjoyed the show and if you did don't forget to subscribe to get a new episode every monday also, if you could leave us a rating or a review on your podcast service, that would be a big help. We would also love it if you could share us with a friend or a loved one who you think may enjoy a PlayStation News podcast like this one. Also, leave us a like or comment if you're on YouTube. That helps quite a bit. And uh, don't forget to find us on social media, Twitter, at the DualSense Pod, Facebook, Instagram, our blog. Look us up, hit us up, and we would love to hear from you. So we'll get out of here. You have a great week. Take care. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye.